So when you walk into this garden, uh, you feel more like you're in a place like Alice in Wonderland or Dr. <laughs> Seuss. The gardens in question are in Watts, a neighborhood in South Los Angeles. And at these gardens, you'll see a few sculptures, some mosaics. But the centerpiece are the Watts Towers. 17 interconnected towers that shoot up from the ground like inverted ice cream cones, the tallest reaching over 100 feet. And they really are like something out of a Dr. Seuss book. They've got this dreamy, kind of wobbly feel. Like you might see the cat in the hat mischievously climb up one and perch on top. And these towers are covered with all kinds of local found materials. So we have glasses, we have ceramic tiles, we have pieces of pottery, shells, I mean, you name it. And these materials shimmer in the sunlight. So when you see these sculptures from far away, they almost look like uh, jewels, you know, these huge, gigantic jewels, and they're just incredible. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we'll be traveling to Los Angeles to learn more about the Watts Towers, the story of the man who spent 30 years creating them, and of the conservator who's working to save and preserve them. After this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I love the book, The Power Broker, the epic biography of former New York City planner Robert Moses. So I'm breaking it down 100 pages at a time and talking to special guests about why this book matters, like Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I actually think if it wasn't for Robert Moses, I probably wouldn't have run for Congress. Listen to 99% Invisible's breakdown of The Power Broker every month on the 99% Invisible podcast feed. I was born in Italy, which is, you know, a huge uh, percentage of artwork in the world is in Italy. This is Elisabetta Perfetti. She grew up in Milan. So, you know, you grew up surrounded by art. And uh, I have to say that I never really take it for granted. I was always marveling, you know, in front of a work of art. Like there's a cathedral in Milan, the Duomo. And I remember just going to school and going by with the bus every day. And every day I will marvel. <laughs> it was like, guys, here for the first time. The architectural artwork of Milan caught her eye, but it was something smaller and shinier 
that really hooked Elisabetta. So I think I was like 13, and I remember being in this particular exhibition in Milan where was uh, displayed this Roman doll that was found in an archaeological excavation, and it was a doll made of ivory, hmm. and it was uh, very tiny, like the size of a, a little bit smaller than a Barbie doll. This doll had all the joints were moving, and it had little holes in the ears, and she came with this like, treasure chest with all this jewelry. The exhibit also showcased how the doll was preserved, and Elisabetta became obsessed. From that early age, she knew she wanted to do that kind of work. And as a high schooler, she applied for an art conservation program in Florence. The process to try to get into the school is very competitive. And so I kind of drove my family crazy that summer because I I wanted to get in. And so I was studying so much. The studying paid off. Elisabetta got into the program, and when she graduated, she didn't have to look very far for work. Her home country of Italy supplied her with enough work for a lifetime. From artwork to cathedrals to castles, even private residences in Italy are often old enough to need conservation. But eventually, she was looking for a change. You know, I wanted to learn something new. In 2016, Elisabetta left Italy, and she moved to Los Angeles. She worked at the Getty Museum's conservation program and did some building conservation work. But then, in 2018, she moved to LACMA, the L.A. County Museum of Art. And LACMA had partnered with the city of L.A. in an effort to preserve something truly special, the Watts Towers. Like something out of a fantasy book, these cone-shaped towers of angled steel, covered in cement, wire, with all of these found materials that shimmer with rainbow hues. And all of those 17 towers were built by one man, Sabado Rodia. I personally went down the rabbit hole when I started to work <laughs> there. I read probably everything that it's out there about him. But there wasn't that much to go on, because part of the problem is that Rodia wasn't that forthcoming. He never gave the same answer twice. Even his name was slippery. He went by Sabado, but then some people called him Simon, sometimes Sam. Here is what we do know. Rodia immigrated from Italy with his brother around 1894, when he was about 15. He didn't have much education, and so he made a living doing physical labor, working at rock quarries, logging, at railroad camps, and as a tile setter. The next big thing we know about Rodia is that he bought property in 1921. As an immigrant, Rodia wasn't allowed to buy just anywhere. But like African Americans at the time, Rodia was able to buy in the Watts area, which wasn't actually part of L.A. yet. We also know that Rodia was looking for something specific. He was very particular about the, the, the shape of the land that he wanted for his property. It had to be triangular. 1765 East 107th Street. It was the last property on a dead-end street with railroad tracks nearby. And it was noisy and dusty with frequent passing of trains and streetcars. But for Odia, it was perfect for what he had in mind. 
So he found this tri triangular piece of land in Watts and he started to build what today is one of the most amazing landscape <laughs> that <laughs> you've ever seen out of the imagination of a person. Any spare moment he had. After work on weekends, Rodia forged for broken tiles, for glass, clay, steel, wire, anything that he could use to build his towers. All by himself. And he called his garden Nuestro Pueblo, or Our Town. Some accounts say that Rodia had recently quit drinking and that these towers were his way to stay away from the bottle. In my mind, this is the work of a man that used this as a, some sort of therapy, you know, some sort of a redemption, if you want to say. Sometimes I wonder, you know, if everybody that went through tough times will put his energy into something like this, who will have <laughs> so many amazing things <laughs> yeah. in the world. <laughs> it's a good, it's, I like that as a sort of general recovery plan for all sorts of things. These towers aren't just visually amazing, though. They are also kind of an engineering feat. Rodia had no background in architecture, and he seems to have more or less improvised the plans. He poured a cement foundation, and then to build the towers, Rodia bent pieces of scrap metal, wrapped mesh around them, and covered them in cement. And the towers, they're all wired to each other. They all sort of hold each other up. Rodia completed the 17 Towers in 1955 after 33 years of work. And not long after, he left. He just handed the deed over to his neighbor. The city of L.A. became aware of his towers, and Rodia was reportedly tired of haggling over the permits for his creation. So he moved to Northern California, and he never returned to the Watts Towers again. In 1959, four years after Rodia left, the city of L.A. issued an order to tear the towers down. They feared that they were unsafe, that they would fall, but local artists and activists rallied. And after some protests, the city agreed to complete a stress test on the towers. You know, it, it is mind-blowing. It has been mind-blowing also for the engineers themselves. <laughs> because <laughs> the Watts Towers, they have foundation that was excavated by him by hand with a shovel <laughs> of only 14 inches into wow. the ground and despite Rodia's unique handcrafted building techniques the Watts Towers passed they were declared structurally sound a few years later in 1961 local artists like Noah Purifoy Judson Powell and Sue Welsh got together and co-founded the Watts Towers Art Center. It's headquartered right next to the towers, and their goal was to build partnerships between community leaders and artists. And the towers became this kind of icon and rallying point for a vibrant Black arts community. They still are. As a, as a monument, they've been very, very important for the people that live in Watts. Um, they're very respected. In 1990, Rodia's Towers were declared a National Historic Landmark and a California Historic Landmark. And it meant the towers were now protected. So in 2010, the Los Angeles County Museum of Art partnered with the city of Los Angeles to conserve the towers. Because even though they withstood Southern California's earthquakes and years of Santa Ana winds, 
Mother Nature had still inflicted a bit of damage. Enter Elisabetta and her team. The conservation work began in 2017. Wind, the earthquakes, um, the Portland cement started to crack in certain areas. Water will go into the cracks, reach the armature. The corrosion uh, builds up on the metal and it pushes the mortar away. So the cracks will become very big and then more water will get in. So it was, it's like a, a circle, you know, it never ends. So our job was to, in, in very simple words, to seal all the cracks. You, you've mentioned somewhere that you weren't sure how Simon Radio would feel about the conservation. I'm interested in that. Can you, can you talk about that a little? I can say I don't know for sure what he would have thought. Mm. But if he was alive, for sure he would have said, no, I'll fix it myself. <laughs> I don't want anybody to touch my towers, you know. Mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he, he literally did everything by himself. It's remarkable to see the Watts Towers and to know that Rodia built these all by himself. And it is a little funny to imagine his ghost grumbling about the conservation efforts to keep them up and standing. But I like to think that he'd also be proud to know that these wild, imaginative towers are now a local treasure, that he'd be happy to know that they inspired a generation of artists to make something truly incredible of their own. Thank you to Elisabetta Perfetti for taking the time to tell me about her work and for doing the work on the towers. It is wonderful to know that someone is conserving these incredible creations so that they will last for many decades to come. Currently, guided tours within the Garden of Towers are canceled to actually allow for the conservation work to be done, but you can still take a half-hour guided tour around the perimeter of the property, and it is well worth it. This episode was produced by Sarah Kaplan. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes... Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Amanda McGowan, Johanna Mayer, Baudelaire Seuss, Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Peter Clowney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was sound designed and mixed by Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. Hi, I'm Lale Arakoglu, host of Women Who Travel. Women Who Travel is a transported podcast for anyone curious about the world. We talk to adventurers and athletes. I've raced the God's Own Adventure Race, which is on the South Island and goes through the mountains down in the Southern Alps on New Zealand. That was eight days spent out in the wilderness. And chefs. Iranian food is home, it's family, it's love. 
And we share dispatches from our listeners. Ireland is full of these, I will call them ghosts of the past. From stampeding elephants to training sled dogs. We hear it all. The dogs will curl right up with you. And it can be kind of cozy waiting things out. New episodes of Women Who Travel publish every Thursday. Join us wherever you listen.